0: the, the, youthscape. Youthscape. the, the youthscape. youthscape podcast the youthscape podcast <laughs> did we just start recording there that was magnificent <laughs> i think we should go for it Phlegm. i think you just leave that in hello and welcome to the youthscape podcast i'm martin saunders
1: and i'm rachel gardner
0: and here we are again with another slice of youth ministry chat information and possibly resourcing
1: Fantastic. And we did, I don't know if the cough stayed in, but there was a lot of coughing. There was. What have we been eating this morning that means, I've been eating salmon on cream cheese on a bagel. Have you? That's my breakfast this morning. That makes you sound like a very
0: sort of posh, you know, middle class type.
1: I am. And a coffee. I'm proud of it. And a hash brown.
0: (laughs) I like it because most people try and downplay their middle classness, but you went for it. Well, You're I'm owning just me. It.
1: I I'm neither male or female, Jew nor Greek. I'm. Oh, anyway,
0: carry on. Do you know what happened this <laughs> I don't morning? Know what happened so now. so you yes. obviously I haven't seen you for a while. No, hello. You came in to record, and uh, and I got the train in. Oh. No. And I saw you on the train in that no. very you know a trademark camel coloured coat that you have. But
1: I wasn't on the train. I was in my car. As I as do? I discovered
0: when <laughs> I hugged you from behind. I say hugged you from behind, I just want just, to, I mean it was an appropriate hug. Was it like a I, snuggling? I sort of came alongside and put my arm around your shoulder and went, Rach! Oh, and did this woman with a, a identical hair, your identical oh, hair twin, my goodness. she turned her head and she said, no, not Rachel. <laughs> and she looked, I think you could go two ways in that yeah, scenario. Yeah, can. Either she could have got very aggressive yes. and cross with me, or utter terror could have set in and I'm I'm sad to say it was terror well
1: is there not a third option that she might have actually just been like oh that's fine anyone can do that and that was quite nice but get your hands off me like back off there was no
0: that was quite nice there was none of that there was
1: none oh no oh bless her what did you say I said I "I am
0: so sorry (laughs) sorry. what was awful about we were both getting off at Luton (laughs) and then we got we kept meeting we met at the ticket barrier then like downstairs we just kept running into each other it's very awkward
1: so my awkward one which doesn't involve you but it does involve very high heels so i was wearing very very high heels on the tube and it was last summer, and it was one night where it was, I think it was for a TLG event, actually. Um, fantastic guys, for have heard them on the podcast. And I was wearing very high heels on the tube, very, very hot. So everyone is wearing sandals. And I was stood on the tube next to a woman who was wearing flats, sandals, and nothing covering her foot at all. Can you picture the scene, Martin? Yes, I can see
0: what's and coming. And the
1: train jolted. <laughs> And my very high heel huh? just went into her oh. foot, and then because I'm me, I'm, I'm just like, oh no, I am so sorry. I'm like scrabbling through my bag, getting wet wipes. Getting, and she, in the end, she's like, will you just leave me alone? She had to actually because really? I was down oh on the gosh. floor, like mopping up the blood. Like, like, yeah, it was. Bad. <laughs> It was all. Aw- it was so awful, and I just felt like doubly terrible oh because God. in those moments you want to help, but you've been the, the source of the pain. Oh. so you can't. You just have to leave. It was awful.
0: You, <laughs> you pushed a stiletto through someone's foot.
1: Well, I don't think it went right the way through. I don't think I heard crunching. Oh. and I think there's nothing left on the floor, but there was enough of an indentation of the skin oh. that it was not nice. Oh. and you just heard a shuffle in your seat because I think it made our guest who sat quite close to me, but I'm not wearing high heel shoes, I feel quite awkward. He did, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, like, I need to be safe. I'm going
0: to introduce him, <laughs> and by way of introducing him, I'd like to talk about introductions. Okay, brilliant. So I would like to know um, the best or worst way that you've ever been, because you get introduced, yeah. don't you? You speak at events and things. Yeah. What's like the best or worst intro you've ever had? Oh, the, from the, oh, from the I stage. Th- I
1: think I say this be- said it before, the worst kind of intro is where my gender is identified, oh, yeah. because it's not it's not obvious that I'm female, and, and for some actually, you don't need to be obviously female, male, that's fine, but where they have to identify, this is a woman speaker, yeah. so it's not just a speaker, it's a woman, and then, she's amazing, she's like one of the best communicators, this is going to be awesome, this will change her life, like you might as well pack up and go home, because that, like who can do anything with so I much prefer this is Rachel she's my friend here you go I love that I hate that Woo! and once I did full fat on my face deliberately because the introduction was so over the top I thought I've got to smash this right now so I walked to the podium and fell flat on my face ah, deliberately you
0: fell on the yep, stage
1: deliberately so I just was like I, I have to kill this in me I have to kill this in me I can't believe this. wow yeah
0: that's uh, yeah. that's quite powerful <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, there we go. Inner workings of Rachel Gold's
0: brain. The, the, the worst introduction I've ever had. Yeah. Was uh, was in a bio because I don't speak very much. Not not like you. I was in a bio for a book yeah. that I've recently written, uh, and the um, what they do is they put the advance um, publishing yes, information out yes. so that websites like Amazon or the Youthscape Store, which is a better place to buy these books, uh, it, you know, will have kind of uh, some some info oh, about right, okay. what the book is. Yes and also who's written it and you know a bit of author bio and uh some mix-up occurred or a couple of mix-ups occurred where my um marketing document Mm. that they prepared about how you Um, How we're going to sell the book was mixed up with the author bio. And so for a while on Amazon, you could read the marketing strategy for the book.
1: I'm Martin Saunders. I'm amazing. I can get articles into such magazines as
0: Fortunately, I didn't write it. Okay, all right. But they were saying, uh, we are hopeful that the author will be able to place interviews on Premier Radio. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, wow, I really have made it now. They think that about me. Martin, uh,
1: I'm just going to clasp your hand because... I listen back to the podcast. Yes. So actually both of us have shared those stories
0: before. What? We have.
1: We've already oh, done already, this. We've already shared those stories. We are regurgitating oh, no. stories. We are—we have gone such full. Do you think we have both done these stories? Before? I think we both done these. Stories. And I think I can hear people. Yeah, I can hear them shouting at us. Oh my goodness! So I think we Do are we have officially to elderly <laughs> in the industry. Do we have to UK go back history. or are we just gonna? I think we just need to own it. Own that. Confess that we like the sound of our own voice. Did I mention before stories. that they thought yes. my wife was a doctor? Uh, yes, we've had that had as well. That? Okay. That's the other story that we've had. Um... Uh, Nurse (laughs) Nurse
0: I need my bag changed
1: (laughs) So there we have it friends On the podcast Martin and I Have officially officially Used up All of our material And it's only Nine
0: in the morning Do you know um, The Hollywood actress (laughs) Megan Fox (laughs)
1: We've had that one as
2: uh, well. Oh
1: so I think it is time that we brought into the mix somebody who we like to refer to as our own personal chaplain. And what better time to have him <laughs> close at <laughs> hand than when we are both seriously in need? We're
0: experiencing a crisis <laughs> oh, of pastoral ministry.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we have next. Bob, host- oh,
0: welcome.
2: Thank you. <laughs> after all those amazing stories that you've told before this is
0: yeah But I'm job. sure you've done that haven't you you must have told the You're same the story I, I
2: only I only have new material every day <laughs> Can't, Bob,
0: I think I've heard you tell the same story twice in the same talk
2: <laughs> yeah but as long as nobody else under, I'm, I'm yes. so boring the first time around people did not even know no that. that's it no, yeah exactly. you wow them
1: so Bob, for the sake of those few people who won't have heard your name, because we name drop your name all the time, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself because you have many, many hats. I mean really we should be doing a better introduction than this. Yeah. Do you want, should we do a better introduction? Would you
0: like me to? Shall
1: we? You, you define Bob rather than he self-defined. This is,
0: <laughs> and Bob, Bob we'll will hate love this, this, He'll hate this is Jesus' friend, Bob. Wow, Jesus, that is Bob. the
2: best introduction ever.
0: Because I was listening, he did our chapel at youthgate oh, this morning, I and that's see. how he likes to be introduced. Oh, to see. I see. Good, excellent. This is Jesus' friend Bob, but also uh, Bob was in youth ministry, uh, like when youth ministry like hadn't started yet. Like hmm. you, you were like the original schools worker, weren't you? Mm. You were the guy going in doing wacky assemblies in like the nineteen oh, so thirties and forties. Oh my uh, goodness! Not quite, <laughs> but but a long time ago. And, uh, and you've been in youth ministry, you worked for Youth for Christ, and, uh, and now you have a different role, but you had a long period uh, where you were active in British youth ministry, and you've been influential in British youth ministry since then, but working with a
2: more international portfolio.
1: So you have recently come back from somewhere. Where have you recently come back from? Yeah,
2: last, uh, last week I was in Beirut, Lebanon, and we were training trainers um, from different closed countries around the Middle East. This is the third time that they have met. So it's like being with family. And these are phenomenal youth workers, young leaders, average age 24, 25, Um, brilliant. But they have come from war zones to be there. They come through countries where um, if people knew that they were coming for this training, they would never get a visa. So I'm privileged just to be one of the or five trainers that were, have been involved in their lives for this year.
1: So what's the atmosphere like for an event where people have had to risk life, risk security to get to an event, what's the atmosphere like?
2: We're family and that's the beauty of it and we gel together really quickly because they've got their stories, they're amazing stories but we're in the freedom of just being together for five, six, seven days, eating together, sleeping in the same accommodation, um, doing the training together, doing case studies, doing discussions. And so we're just there together as family and just a real buzz of fun, just being together. So we know we're going to heaven and I think that's about, about it. We know we're going to heaven. We don't know when, but until we get to heaven, we're just going to serve Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the atmosphere, we are there to serve Jesus and we want to get back to being with young people, train other youth leaders to make this happen. Mm. You seem to be involved often in uh,
0: youth ministry in the areas in the world where no one would particularly want to be right now. So you were involved in youth ministry uh, around Egypt, just as the sort of Arab Spring was taking off, you were working with uh, uh, Syrian refugees in Lebanon, uh, You know. What uh, what draws you to these places? Is it coincidentally, trouble follows you around? Or do you <laughs> seek out? Do you say to your wife, guess where I'm going next? North Korea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have never planned anything about my life. Um, my wife, Julie and I, uh, we just simply try to keep it as simple as possible. Where does God want us to be? Where is there a need? I think that's it. Where is there a need? Mm. And yeah, we've never sat down and said, please, God, take us to the Middle East, to Mongolia, to other places. Um, It's just happened. It's one of those beautiful God incidences where we just go, okay, so we're here. Yeah, yeah, we're here with the Arab Spring. And okay, we're, we're in the old Eastern Europe where I was traveling around with three passports, working undercover you know, marching Solidarity, and just happen to be there at those times. But it's to be with the people, Mm. um, the people of God, and Mm. to be alongside of them, to feel their pain, to engage with them, and maybe, you know, maybe to offer a little bit of training. But mostly it's encouragement. And people say, well, do you love the Arab young people or the Arab world? Well, the answer is no. I just love being with young people, Mm. wherever they Mm. happen to be. Mm. And for 20, 30 of years of my last 20, 30 years, it's been in those kind of countries, Mm. but I didn't plan it, it was just that way. And Mm. when I get to that part of the world, I just turn a switch and I just find I'm home in that environment. I just love being in that part of the world. Mm -hmm. I love being with the young people. I love the relaxed approach. So yeah, that's... So working backwards then, what
0: drew you out of British Youth Ministry to, to take you into an international What? Co- why did you, because you were doing lots of stuff across the UK, very influential, um, and then uh, and then you decided to sort of stop doing that and switch your focus overseas, so why, why that?
2: You know, it's one of those things where you can't work those things out, but there was a key moment, and it's a humorous moment for me. I, I was at LST, or LBC as it was then, I was with Youth for Christ, I had been doing schools work for 12 weeks, therefore I was now an expert, (laughs) because nobody else in the country was doing schools work, and I was cutting up daffodils and cutting ties, and people thought this was just really bizarre and we need to hear from Bob. And I spoke at their Youth for Christ European conference, I'd finished doing a seminar on schools work lots of fun, lots of activity, and the European director's wife, who I didn't know was his his wife, grabbed me at the end of that event, literally grabbed my arm and dragged me across the chapel at London Bible College to the area director for Europe called George Brooks and said, George, who was talking to somebody else at the time, he was kind of ignoring his wife, and she grabbed his shoulder and pushed him and brought him over to me and said, George." this man should be on your team in Europe
1: Wow! Really? Wow! and George Vision. looked at
2: me I looked at him we're both embarrassed because this woman who I still didn't know who she really was but assumed it was his wife um, yeah. just put us together yeah. mm-hmm. and a conversation started and we basically ignored his wife for about a year <laughs> in that, that idea until he said one day why don't you join my team in Europe hmm. yeah. um, so That's how I became involved. I had no interest whatsoever outside of the UK. I just saw this as my ministry, Mm. this is what God had called me to, but suddenly this woman had dragged me across the chapel Mm. and that was how I got into Europe, Eastern Europe, and when the Berlin Wall came down, where everybody could go into Eastern Europe now, I no longer needed my three passports and um, so i then moved to the middle east where (laughs) those skills (laughs) of working undercover yeah 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 um yeah
1: and uh, you've often shared stories that that wouldn't be appropriate to share on a a podcast because they're highly sensitive stories but you've met some fascinating characters, haven't you? You've been in situations where, that, when, when I hear you talking, Bob, I think, oh gosh, I feel like I'm sitting listening to the Apostle Paul, <laughs> talking about being shipwrecked and imprisoned, and it's quite staggering just hearing some of the places that the Spirit has taken you. Mm. Um, so I'm realizing you can't tell us those, but are there any stories that you can tell us that, that wouldn't be security sensitive, just about what it's like to sit with brothers and sisters <clears throat> who are facing all kinds of things?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want you to think um that kind of person because I I just find myself in those situations again I don't go looking for that at all although my credit card uh, that I've had for years now and I'm glad they haven't changed the number has 007 as the last thing <laughs> <there>. <laughs> and I just love that and I don't know why I love it because it's really not a good thing to love but I, I that, I've funny. got it here in my pocket yeah, and like, I carry yeah, it yeah. I, yeah. so but I'm not like that at all and I am pleased those who are listening just Hey, don't pass these things on too much, it's just a case of I am where I am because God has put me in mm-hmm. those places. Mm-hmm. So I've loved it over the years that I spent two or three weeks on a campsite in Eastern Europe just working with a hundred young leaders mm. um, and to see them after the wall come down in actual leadership positions in their country because they've had training in, in leadership. Mm-hmm. I love it, you know, sitting in Mongolia where the church is growing so fast that um, there were four Christians in 1990. In 2016, 2016, there were about 60,000. And by by 2020, they reckon there's gonna be 300,000. And so just being in Mongolia, sitting alongside people and saying, how do we train people for this fast growing Mm -hmm. church? Mm -hmm. And then working with them and getting excited with them and producing training together that they then give, and then they go and train others. So for example, when we did it in 2016, meeting three times a year for a week, um, they went out, and within a month, those 60 leaders have trained another 100 leaders.
1: No, wow. And
2: so, I think for all of us, it's just not planning a great deal, but just allowing God to take us those places. so please, that's all I do, I just hang around people and enjoy their company and enjoy working together but for them to actually do all the big stuff and the tough stuff, because what do I do? I fly out or mm-hmm. well, I can get deported or I can get interrogated and deported, I, but I just leave and they're there and so, that's a pain for me, but at the same time, it's exciting, because it's not about me, it's what they do.
0: Um, we don't talk about miracles enough on, on this podcast probably. Um, but have you sort of seen the miraculous in your work in the, uh, in the Middle East, particularly and, uh, and elsewhere? I'm thinking from you know, what you've seen on the ground to even being able to get into uh, you know, these countries and the because kind of, I know you're not a man who would tell a lie. You know, so have you seen? Have you seen the Lord's miraculous provision uh, in your in your travels?
2: The silence is because I I really struggle with talking about the miraculous in that way because I think all our lives are engaged in the miraculous, mm, the seen and the lovely. unseen. Mm. So I may have seen miraculous things happen and just go, wow, that's just phenomenal but for me also the miracle of seeing a young leader a youth leader engaging with young people and seeing lives transformed is often the greater miracle and Mm. often and you know as a youth leader it's persistence it's being there every week it's coming alongside the young people during the week it's picking up the phone and asking how that exam and all of those things create the miracle of grace mm-hmm. in people's lives. It's, it's the long haul. And I think youth leaders, you know, that's what we're about. It, it's the long haul. It, it, and that's the miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, God giving us the strength to hang in, you know, when we don't want to hang in. So, yeah, I, I could tell you stories of miracles, but they're the biggest ones as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm.
1: That's beautiful. And I, I, my own little personal story with you as well, Bob. Just thinking about the UK scene, projects like Romance Academy wouldn't be wouldn't have existed without your kindness and your paying attention and that patient journey with us right at the beginning when <coughs> Romance Academy came out the TV program. So I think you are a gift to the church and you are a miracle to us and we think you're awesome <laughs> we're going to have a little listen now to um, an interview with two of our wonderful team becky and alex who actually you set up um it be good to hear a little from you a little bit of context actually you set up a visit for them to a great youth ministry team out in kosovo and they went a, a few months ago and they're going to tell us about it but what's your relationship with the team in kosovo who are they
2: well again it's um very much um help just trying to think how that came came about (laughs) um there are two or three people down there who are pretty amazing youth workers but there's hardly any youth ministry in that part of the world and there is a church and a team that are working alongside young people in very difficult situation so we became involved in going down there and helping to train youth leaders in in Kosovo in Pristina or Pristina so out of that has grown just a relationship between the church um, between the churches and youthscape whereby they look to youthscape to produce uh, training encouragement skill research and because of that they put together each year a training program And so, uh, with Alex and Becky going down there, that was part of the engagement with Youthscape. As a result, uh, we're looking at the possibility of bringing perhaps up to 100 leaders in the countries around um, to uh, a week of youth leadership training and development.
1: Fantastic, wonderful. Well, this is what happened when we caught up with Becky and Alex and heard them about about their time in Kosovo.
3: The Youthscape Podcast.
0: Very excited that we're joined now in the studio by Alex Drew and Becky Lanner, <laughs> uh, both members of the wider team here at Youthscape. Hello, good morning. Hey. Uh, and uh, what, how did you feel going off to Kosovo? How, how did that? I mean, how did that come about in the first place? And then, how did you? How did you feel going? Mm,
3: well, it all came about through um, really good relationships with Evie and with Bob, who I think you've heard from as well. And um, yeah, and really just. Uh, they were going to be running a youth ministry weekend and gathering as many youth workers from across Kosovo as possible. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go beyond, actually, but I think this year, um, realistically, that was that was what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and to gather as many as possible and um, and to just find a time to encourage, to train, to gather, to pray, to have a lot of fun as well. And yeah, and Becky and I went as Youthscape kind of friends to go and encourage, really, and get alongside. Yeah. Yeah. How do we feel? Do you remember? it was very early I was really excited we were cursing Chris Curtis
4: (laughs) (laughs) I was excited to go to Cosmo because I'd heard a lot about it Um, my brother had been lots of times on mission trips and things and just told me about the culture and stuff Mm. but I was really excited Mm. to go along and support Alex and yeah it was the first time I'd actually done any training like that before Um, but we were super tired because our
3: flight was at well we got there at 4 Chris mm-hmm. to sent I two people with very small yeah. children mm. who if they're going to be away from their home should yeah, get more sleep less. not less yeah, and I we had to really. go for a flight at 4am or something oh, ridiculous honestly. and we were slightly cursing Chris think, I think, I think the place for excited. this kind of
0: feedback is your appraisal <laughs> <laughs> not the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
1: But we were,
3: genuinely, we were so excited because we thought, do you know what, we actually felt really intimidated by the context Mm. because who are we to speak into a context that is on the brink of war, like Mm. genuinely feel like their youth work strategy is get as much youth work in the churches as possible and plant new churches and plant new youth work, which we are all about, Mm. a youthscape, Um, but their strategy is to do that because war is imminent and Mm. that is just something that feels totally alien to where Mm. we are and, and our own experiences. So I, I think I felt, I think we did yeah. both feel quite intimidated by that. Like, who are we to possibly yeah. have anything to say into that space? And yet, of course, we met fellow youth workers, people that were just like us, mm-hmm. but they were there in Kosovo, yeah. who were just doing the very best mm-hmm. with what they had. And yeah, so, so, so resilient. So what there. happened when, when, you, when you were out
0: out for just a couple of days, weren't you? Yeah, it was crumb A really crumb two yeah. days. Yeah. What, yeah. what happened?
4: Yeah, so we had, the first day we got there, we were just thrown in at the deep end. I think we went straight straight into sessions or straight for lunch and then we had afternoon sessions um which were they were all translated so they went on a little bit longer and neither of us had spoken with a translator before I don't think so that was also interesting um but we yeah we both ran workshops um mine were around kind of mentoring and um going on residential and things like that so basically getting the the youth workers to think about um yeah how to advance their youth work and what they're doing which did feel a bit like who were we to say as as Alex said but no it was really good it was really exciting um, most of the the people there were young mm. so we had like a 17 year old who was just so passionate about youth work and so like gunning for God and um, it was just yeah it was a first amazing.
3: generation Christians as well yeah, so their parents often weren't Christians they were, Muslims, they were yeah. many of them Muslims and many of them mm. were having to to lie to parents to be mm-hmm. there really. And so many of them turned up in tears having yeah. had, like, really had to have really tough negotiations to even get out of the house or, or had lied and told them they'd gone to university to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I mean, so yeah, incredible bunch, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were 16, 17 year olds running youth work, still discovering yeah. Jesus themselves. Like it was yeah. coming from a place where they had Mm-hmm. really only met jeez in the last year and they were already
1: pioneering their youth work so, so you you yeah. rightly said and i think it's we just want to reiterate mm-hmm. constantly on the podcast that this is not about what we can take to places and kind of the culture yeah, we can take it's not what really. we can listen and learn and share but obviously you did go there to take encouragement to share some stuff what what do mm-hmm. you feel looking back was something that you were able to take because you came from a different context mm-hmm. into that what what were you able to bring that was mm-hmm. specific for that would you say becky
4: Hmm. Hmm. I think maybe just like a fresh insight on what on how we do youth work because how they do it is obviously different and even we went on the Saturday morning um, we went with one of the guys to he left the conference and for like Mm. an hour we just went with him to watch him run a kids group of like 80 kids and then we popped back to the conference and carried on doing Um. the conference (laughs) and um, yeah I think it was just It was amazing to see that, but also the fact that I think there was things that we could share that they haven't done yet, or that they're not doing, um, that they were like, oh yeah, I haven't thought about that before, Brilliant. I haven't thought about how I do mentoring. Is it the listening model, or is it kind of the more the coaching method? They haven't really considered mm. those options, I think. So it was putting a bit of um, theory to some of their practice that maybe they, they aren't doing yet.
1: That was mm. awesome. And, and what would you say were the biggest things that you came away with having mm. received, that, that maybe you hadn't anticipated Ooh. for you Alex what... yeah I don't
3: I, I, I think I went with um, pretty ignorant really of, of this situation I, I didn't realise you know Bob's tells tells me and we heard from Pastor Arturo mm. as well that the British Embassy have told them to prepare for war I, I don't think I'd realised how fragile their nation was and, and therefore yeah therefore what that meant for them um, in just their response to that was, right, well, we have to, we have to plant, we have to plant mm. now. We have to, we have to just train up everybody. We have to have churches in place and youth work in place in order to be best placed to respond to war. I, I, I don't think I'd anticipated any of yeah, that, really. Um, I don't think we knew the half of it. And just their, yeah, their, their love for Jesus, mm. even as they, I mean, they're discovering Jesus. As they are, as they were, as they were giving out to their young people mm. who were really only a couple of years younger. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, yeah just that. I guess that reminder. Um, I think we came back pumped and and just like reminded about what this was all about, really, yeah. and that and and that we really are as youth workers. We really are fellow. Like we're on this journey we're fellow pilgrims we're disciples yeah. together and you just saw that in such a different way there such an intense kind of way there mm. um but of course that is the reality here even if we have more resource and even if we feel our church hall just needs a new lick of paint, or we could do with a budget to be able to take mm. them out for an end social whatever it is i mean the reality is we have so much more resource yeah. than they had and yet they were yeah they were they were all in weren't they they were just just, (laughs) just yeah all in so the guy
4: that took us to visit his youth center on the saturday he like i didn't hear the name jesus the whole way through um his yeah his session and i said to him at the end oh why is that and he said we have to call him the doctor or the teacher here if we call him jesus uh, will get shut down Wow. because um, the kids wow. will go home and say we've been talking about Jesus and then so mm. it was re- like it was really moving because mm. they really they're trying so hard and they're so passionate about Jesus but yet they've got to mm. fit it into the context that they're in and work out how yeah. to do that in yeah. a way that is is kind of Appropriate as well, but how liberating
1: as well, isn't Mm. it? Because we believe there's power in the name of Jesus, Mm. but it's not the letters of the name; Mm. it's naming Him, isn't it? So whatever name you give Him in that space, he's fully powerful, fully present. And that's that's something that that's really touched me just now this morning, just thinking that actually, Mm. that's really powerful. What are the names that we can give to Christ in this setting? Mm that that kind of liberates people to really understand who he yeah. is yeah that's, and they that do know cool. they did
4: know they knew who they were singing they recognized oh, nice. too they knew he was they different knew. yeah
1: phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. well you came
0: back absolutely glowing from uh, yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest you know going off to kosovo you know we were all like well good luck with that <laughs> that sounds like a fun assignment <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you came back absolutely like, yeah. kind of you know glowing from it so uh, so oh, thank obviously you. thank you yeah for, yeah for coming back and telling us a bit of, of how, how mm-hmm. it went and we should look forward to the next adventure where are we sending you next? <laughs> oh, I'm,
1: no, I'm no, hoping well, Here we go, possibly. in our pockets. We
0: have
1: yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, it's so, so good, guys. And, and Bob was saying to us that we're hoping that maybe some of these folks that you met will be able to convene together again mm. and maybe in the UK or somewhere else and we can get to meet. Because mm. I think we all need to be listening, don't we, to what God yeah. is doing in our settings. But Thank you so much. Thanks. Else.
0: The Youthscape Podcast. Great to hear from Alex and Becky. Still have Bob with us. Yay! Uh, and Bob, just one last question for you, really. And it's, it's as we try to sort of, uh, some sometimes it's obvious when we listen to a, a, an interview, you know, how I can immediately ground, yes. you know, root this in my my everyday practice. But you've been talking about stuff that's going on in far flung places uh, with people we don't know. Um, how how do we kind of root some of the stuff that you've been talking about in our in our everyday work and um, uh, you know, should we have an awareness and some sort of interaction with um, ministry that's going on beyond our shores? Uh, you know, I think about how potentially insular we we could be becoming mm-hmm. as a nation. You know, is this a moment for us to wake up and push the other way?
2: I became a youth leader at the age of sixteen, having literally been a Christian for a month, so I had no engagement whatsoever. Um, other than my little place in Essex and then gradually I took a, an interest in some of the wider ministry of, of youth work around Essex. I encourage every youth leader, whether, whether it's in Mongolia, Indonesia, uh, whether it's Kosovo or Hungary, Bulgaria, I say to them, try and listen for 10 minutes a day to international news. Mm. Uh, We are global, our young people are global, we need to know what's going on globally. Mm. Ten minutes a day, international news, just to keep abreast of what is happening around the world. Mm. I think if we do that, then when we are doing our day-to-day youth ministry, then what we discover is that we build in stories of what is happening around the world. We are informed about what is happening around Mm. the world. We understand that in Nigeria, uh, very Mm. recently, the Boko Haram Haram have just released 1700 child soldiers Mm. and they're now going through rehabilitation back into their villages. Well, they're young people, they're Mm. they're children, they're Mm. under 16, they've Mm. been Mm. killing people, Mm. they they have Mm. been traumatized. Mm. How do I know that? Because 10 minutes every day, i listen or watch or just go on my mobile and find out what is going on i build those stories into my stories that i am with uh, in churches with youth groups with personal conversations that builds i think a real interest Mm -hmm. Um, my daughter and her husband and their eight-year-old and six-year-old daughters are in india and they're two and a half hours Um, from the nearest town and they're involved in in practical ministry in that part of the world how did they engage or start engaging in that because they got to know people Mm. who also in there came to our home Mm. so the other way I would say is you know we all have people from different cultures uh, living and working around get to know them Mm -hmm invite them to your home get them to tell the stories of what's happening in their country and people engage with it Mm -hmm. and if we can do that with our youth groups as well Mm -hmm. anybody Mm -hmm. who's around just bring them in and just show them another part of the world Mm -hmm. and let god do the rest Mm -hmm. Um, as i said i had no interest Mm. Um, really no interest whatsoever mm. outside of the UK and then God made a decision and mm. brought me into a mix that now I just love and it's just part of my daily life
1: mm. well, right now
2: that feels more, more yes. kind of important than ever uh, yeah that's great Bob. thank you
1: thank you so much and I'm just thinking as well that is a really practical thing we can do every day I wonder if increasingly as well as youth workers we need to be booking ourselves onto events in Kosovo in Germany in Sri Lanka that we that we go and see what God's doing on the ground, that it's not just about us going and delivering stuff, but that we go and sit in a setting where wow, what does the youth ministry look like if actually to get to your, yourself to this place, you've had to risk so many things. So Bob, thank you so much. we just mm. blowing the ceiling off sometimes our thinking. It's brilliant. Yeah wonderful
0: i'm just thinking if uh, we should set up a helpline where people <laughs> who have to put that idea to their pcc can
2: talk to you directly rach I, and, uh, i'm very happy <laughs> you to champion we can and and make a film I can, yeah, absolutely you know but, so but the, the important thing in all of that is you know we have been really good at carrying the british culture wherever we go mm. when we go to other countries we've you know, we have done the Commonwealth stuff, we've done the Empire stuff. The key for any of us when we ever travel mm. and be involved in Good is that we sit and mm. go and listen and mm. learn and we do not open our mouths because yeah. they are the people who will teach us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, so let's not carry our culture. It really bothers me that at times um, churches feel that they can set up another church in another part of the world Mm. and I go there and you know sometimes I'm sitting in Cairo and I'm in a church and I'm thinking oh I might I could be in Birmingham or Luton Mm. or London because there is nothing different and somebody there has imported culture Mm. Mm. um, worship music and you think Mm. really Mm. and that is so sad Mm. and we're doing that all the time Mm. so taking up Rachel's idea of going visiting great. But let's go and be quiet and yeah, listen and love learn. It. Thanks, Bob. Can I just close
0: by telling a, a story? Is it appropriate? Inappropriate? Um, so I, have got a, a book coming out, and uh, and yes. when the um, when they put together the advance author information. <laughs> They, um, they, hey, they they send that, they send that to Amazon, and to other... And I um,
1: hate it, when people introduce me as a woman, so yeah, there yeah, yeah, we go. Yeah.
0: Uh, and so, do I talk this <laughs> I
1: don't know, let's we go down the now. Trouble. Fading out.
0: <laughs> 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 that a good start. Dear Lord. Where, can we start? Is yes. that alright? Are you really going to allow fine. that? i can start now, it's
1: fine.